Hey, what's up, everyone? It is September 25th, 2018. Welcome to this edition of Washington Football Crunch. I am Micah Chen, and I am joined alongside, as always, my broadcast partners. They are young phenoms in their own right, Luke Monger and Jackson Garner. Jackson, you're making these trips. Luke, you are as well. Guys, I'll be honest, I am impressed by your dedication to your respective programs. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's not all, it's not all work, like... Don't get me wrong. I, I went out like after the game. I had myself a good time out in LA. Like, but you know, like <laughs> I loved I loved doing it. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing it otherwise if uh, if I didn't want to be here. So, you know, and you get to see cool. You know, you get to see cool things. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. going out to Laramie, Wyoming. You know, you get to find some cool things about Laramie that you didn't you didn't think existed. Luke, what about you, man? How, yeah. how's, how's your uh, little trips going? It's kind of more like more of the same of what Jackson said, you know, just kind of like taking the opportunity of really getting to, I don't know, enjoy being a student at the University of Washington with kind of the run they've put together uh, and yeah, taking like advantage of an opportunity to go to like Salt Lake City and to Atlanta when I'm like a person that's perfectly content in Seattle and will probably if it were up to me, never leave, you know, it's like mm-hmm. an opportunity to just kind of test my horizons a little bit. And at the same time, like get to enjoy a football team that I grew up watching and like trying to getting to feel like I'm obviously not a part of it, but closer to it than the average person, you know, they know your name. Now, when you do these interviews, they recognize you part of, part of the, part of the show. Now let's go. <laughs> they, they use you as a module to, to reach out to the people and, you know, Jackson, in that USC game, uh, there was some controversy uh, with Porter Gustin. I want to start with this right now. Do you think that it was a dirty hit that Porter Gustin put on Garner Minshew? Uh, dirty? I don't know if it was necessarily dirty. It was sure as hell illegal. I don't think there's yeah. anyone denying that it was uh, illegal. Dirty has, like, a connotation with it that is, like, yeah. intentional, you know? Like, I, I, I don't – I think there's nothing more than, you know – uh, he was Gustin Porter was just playing at 110 percent and was you know just playing football. But did he break rules while he was playing football? Yeah, yeah, no, he certainly did. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know if it was dirty. And what I, I guess I can lean a little bit towards saying yes because the fact that he was clearly going to the ground like there was it necessary to apply the extra hit not at all but where he hit him and the timing that he hit him all was illegal but the the, i mean before even that it was unnecessary to hit him so i mean maybe but like i don't know i've been you know when i played like obviously i never played at that kind of level but like you just you're just playing till the whistle blows, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of the name of the game. And, and do I fault him for that? No, I mean, I fault him for not playing towards to the rules, but <laughs> I don't think it was necessarily dirty per se. All right. There's two points I want to make right now. Uh, let me start with this. Porter Gustin sat out the entire first half. You know, he's kind of lackadaisical. He went through the warm-ups, but that buzz is gone right now. You go into halftime. This hit happened in the second half, right? This is like a third quarter, like a fourth quarter thing, right? Fourth quarter, yeah. Yeah, right. It's fourth quarter. 
a guy like that who's that insane, right, has that type of mentality, he wasn't in his right state of mind. First of all, if you play football, you play middle linebacker in the Pac-12, you you are not in a normal state of mind when you're out there, unless you're Ben Burkirvan. I don't know how he does it, but poor Gus in the way he plays. <laughs> you think he takes something at halftime to get him kind of going a little bit, like because gets him back into the game and are you, puts him into a <laughs> mental state? Like, are, it's are, you trying say, to, are you trying to say if we should speculate whether he's taking PEDs at halftime? No, or, no okay, but here's what I'm some saying. type of Adderall or something like and that. Ja- that is a PED. You have an insight on this <laughs> kind of thing uh, because you played high school football. But I, I know played, brother. there's someone that I know who was a trainer at a high school in the state of Washington, a 4A high school, that okay. would uh, help or that would kind of pass out smelling salts to players really? before games. What does that do to your psyche? Because first of all, that happens okay, a well, lot. What it does to you, like, other than like make your eyes kind of like bug out and get you like, yeah. juiced it really does nothing to you i mean what it, smelling salts are supposed to wake people up that are unconscious so like, yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's like no sort of performance answer but yeah. like i know like at least probably psychologically like makes it feel like it's doing something yeah well so, i know that's happening in high school and i know for a fact it's happening in the pros like there have been articles yeah. written about it so well, does it happen in college i mean i feel like if there was a school that yeah, would i would say DSC. i would well i mean do I think that he took illegal substances at halftime? No, no, I don't. Yeah. Do I think he took something like? Do I? I mean, if that's being done, like I don't, I don't know if if smelling salts is a thing like in in college locker rooms. Maybe. Do I think it contributed to his hit? Like, I just think he was playing football. He was playing football at 110 miles an hour, like you're trained to do. And he took a shot that's against the rule books. Dude, like it was such a bad. I don't. Hit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know, but like when like when you look at like the Jake Browning hit and stuff too. Like, are we saying like that's a dirty hit? Like, no. It was clearly against the rules that are in place to protect the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, like when you go and and you think about how football has been played traditionally and how like referees are 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 officiating games now that's it's very different like and and what defines dirty like do we do we define dirty based on what how the game is officiated like i mean if we do then then maybe it was but like the way i view dirty plays is of intent and uh, uh, trying to hurt someone i mean he was like he was trying to 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 make Gardner Minshew remember his name for sure, but like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think it was necessarily in the confines of like, I am looking to put him out for this game and games to come. I don't, I didn't see it like that. Uh, here's the second point I want to make on this: Do not get mad at the referee. The referee, his vision, Malik Dorton. No, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Hey, if hey, there's hey, anyone hey. to be getting mad at right now, it is the referee. It is. How no, because because yeah. yeah, what I the, will the, say, the, the, I was gonna say who who should we be I, getting mad I, at? Then can I can I make my point before you guys? Sure, just, but I, totally I can guarantee you, I'm not gonna agree with it. Because Malik Dorton was the D lineman falling harmlessly at his waist, falling on his knees right in front of Gardner Minshew, and that was what the referee saw. Gustin Porter Gustin was out of the picture as Minshew was releasing the ball. Like literally, you can see it on TV. You can see he was six feet away. Uh, the referee, you know, that 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 his where Gustin was positioned was in his peripheral vision. He was not a part of that play. The way that Dorton was falling on Gardner Minshew was not illegal. It was incompetent of the ref, but not blatantly ignorant. If the ref had seen that all the way through, like if the ref didn't see okay. that, 
like oh well that right. he's not gonna go that sucks but wh- okay wh- I, yeah how could you let me let that? me okay I oh, no no we, let, let, how Luke I will... go like, like okay, we all we all kind of have at it well, okay so in this also is like so, someone might need to educate me on how this whole process works but from being in Salt Lake City for the Utah game where there were a couple targeting hits called on uh, Utah defenders one of them wasn't even called targeting on the field and then it went and reviewed it right. So there was no mm-hmm. original call. So I don't know what the process of them deciding to look at a play is. I don't know if there's someone in their ear telling them that they should or not, but that's kind of how I understood it, right? That someone made them aware of the fact that they need to go look at it because it wasn't even mm-hmm. originally called on the field. So does anyone yeah. know how that works? I have no clue how that works. <laughs> and I imagine that, my that's how not that, either. <laughs> so that's, that's, like, that's, like, that's what I was more surprised about. Like, is there not, like, because there's, like... A review. There's a crew that reviews yeah. things in like, and who's just watching the game from a right? TV. So shouldn't someone be like, "Hey, like guys, that was like we should re- look at that for targeting," you know? Oh, yeah. not you, necessarily. Luke started a conspiracy. Well, no, I'm not saying that they. I'm not saying that they are like, "Hey, let's get Gardner Minshew hurt." But they're like, "Oh no, let's say, hey, they let's just help didn't USC do their job." Bit. You know? Like no, the I'm saying they just didn't do their job. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think. I think you're right about that. And to. Micah, more to your point yes, of the, the referee not seeing it, I, like you have to consider, like we watched that play a hundred times in slow motion. Like, relatively, that was a bang bang play. Are you trying to suggest that the second the ball was released, the referee just darted his eyes away to not watch the conclusion of that? Did I not say peripheral vision? I'm saying that poor Augustine, his, his where he was placed on his field, his uh, his location, his coordinates were far, far enough away because he came out of freaking nowhere. Whether you're watching on the broadcast, whether you're there in person, that was Malik, that was Dorton's tackle on the defensive line. That was his positioning. The referee, look, these guys are human, and I guarantee you that ref feels bad, but if there's one person to get mad at, it's not the referee, it's Porter Gustin, but like, but he's not going to care because he'll be making millions of dollars in the NFL one day, and he, he just has the personality of someone that doesn't care what you uh, think. I disagree with uh, that. I- I, well, I think we should have the we should have we, the, we got, the referee crew right to be now. mad at. <laughs> we have the referee crew to be mad at, and like Luke said, the the people in San Francisco watching that game who chose to do nothing about it because you can review that. And in addition to that, I think there should be retroactive punishment for Porter Gustin because, I mean, like you can't just let that happen. Like that can't just be a thing where he can go in consecutive weeks do something like that. And then we're just gonna let it go. We get, that we sets start. a precedent for the rest of <laughs> we, the rest of the the, the Pac-12 that that's acceptable, and it's not. Jackson, we need to focus on the positives right now. You know, we're in this this. this we need to find a way to you know take some good. There things is away zero from positive from well, that. the skill players. No, I'm not talking about the poor Augustine here right oh, now. I'm okay. talking about the game you know against USC that they 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 should have won that game. And I mean, you gotta love what the skill players were doing. You gotta love Garner Minshew playing on that stage every single time he steps up to the plate. You know, there were some problems in the defensive secondary, but for the most part, that was a that yeah. was a that was a B plus game by WSU. I'll give I you would, four of those. I would agree with that. that. Uh, I, and you know, I 100% agree. Uh, other, I mean, I I think you know, in USC's defensive game plan, Tay Martin was was keyed on heavily, and that's why I think he didn't really. He didn't really uh, show up on on the box score, but you know the rest the rest of the crew did. Uh, you know, Aesop Winston, uh, Desmond Patman, and, and all those other Jameer guys. Jameer Calvin didn't for Jame- my fantasy team. <laughs> Jameer Calvin, he did all right. Or are you thinking of Renard Bell? 
Oh, no, I meant Renard. Bell. I meant Renard Bell. My bad. Yeah, Renard Bell. He uh, did. He, did he even catch a ball? No, he he, did not. he wasn't targeted. He was not targeted. My goodness. But I mean, Jameer In Calvin seven attempts. receptions for sixty-three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yikes. That's that's not what you like to see from. But uh, anyways, what what I was getting to is, I think Gardner had an exceptional game, and it was really positive to see him perform that well on such a big stage. However, it was incredibly disheartening to hear that on that third and sixth play, he checked down to a run. (laughs) And, you know, especially after his coach, who had shown so much guts throughout the entire game, going for on fourth down in their own territory, excuse me, not taking the three points and the lead in in late or early in the fourth quarter and going for it on fourth and one and then end up scoring the touchdown. Like, just pure guts all the way throughout the game. And then when it's your final... When it's it's your finest hour right here and you decide to go conservative to take the tie at the possibility of a win in overtime and, and, and not try and make a play on third and six... That was incredibly disheartening. Well, hasn't this um, been a thing when Minshew he you know he gets one play call makes and he does another he does the he does the opposite scores a touchdown makes a big play nobody complains but this has been accumulating this kind of going against what the original play call was and kind well, of playing no game, see that's that's options. that's the thing like when when there is a good play that maybe he checks into a play that works out you know we don't get to hear about that that's not something that that we're aware of. But when something like that happens, so something so obvious, like there's no way that Mike Leach called a run a run play on third and six with under two minutes in in <laughs> enemy ter- like in, in USC territory, like that's zero possibility. So the only conclusion was that Minshew checked into that play, and it's like I don't know. For me, it's like it's it was kind of a product of him showing up this summer and not being here for, but like, so like anyone who has been, who has been well accustomed to this program would have, would have called it, would have stuck with the pass play. Like that's just, it's the air raid offense. It's in the name of the offense yeah, to throw the ball. For, brother. <laughs> that's, right? yeah. that's the offense. What are you doing running the ball in crunch time? And so like that, like was really disheartening, but for the way that he owned up for it at the end of the game, uh, you know, it's a testament to his leadership and what he's capable of being and what he means to this team. So, I mean, looking forward, I have, I, you know, I don't have a problem with it. But at the time, it was, it hurt. I'll be honest, it, it hurt a lot. Let's look at what they got coming up next. They got Utah. And for two teams not getting a lot of, you know, a lot of attention at the national level, they both have impressive resumes up until this point in the season. Take a look at these numbers right here. Okay, Utah is the number one defense in the country. Now, they did have a bye last week, and they mm-hmm. held their own against UW. That was a home game, but they're number one against the pass. WSU, the number two passing attack in the country. Something has got to give. And it's also worth mentioning that, like I said, Utah coming off a bye. How are you feeling about this game right now? How much of a deal breaker is this going to be for you? Yeah. Uh- well, deal break for me, as in like how do do I view WCU as pretenders or for real? Like, I, you know, you don't want to start zero two. Well, Nobody no, for sure, for that. sure. I I think I mean, uh, 
There's no, there's yeah, no game it's, before the bye. That's going to be a confident. You got Oregon State the next it would be week. A, but. It, would be, it would certainly be a damper. Um, I mean, and then looking forward, it's like, okay, you got Stanford. You got Oregon. Those are going to be two tough games, too. Like this, looking at the schedule, like if you want to get to that 7-8 win mark, this is certainly one of the games you need to pick up. Um, but like, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I, I found this out today that Utah, in fact, holds the record in Martin Stadium. I think like they're four and two at Martin Stadium, but WSU is five and three at Rice Eccles, <laughs> which is which is strange because considering like those are two and just like the reputation of both of those places. Yeah, I was gonna say like you, those are places you don't want to travel to. Like no one likes going to either Rice Eccles or Martin Stadium, yet they have winning records at or at their respective places. But you know, I don't know. Like yes, to to get back to your question, yes, it it is I, I, a deal breaker. I don't know if it's a deal breaker because is it I don't a big really, deal? <laughs> yes, it's a it is a big deal. That's that is certainly because you know, like I say, you know, to get to that seven eight win mark, this is one of the games that that you need to pick up. This is the Cougars' homecoming game. So there's a lot of people coming from the west side, and. Apparently, like you, you got to fill us in on this, Jackson. There was some construction going on a highway, and it, dude, it's all over the place. I mean, like all the local news channels are talking about this. What is the big deal about SR twenty six and having construction on that for the homecoming game? Well, okay, so I'll I'll be honest. This is this is news to me. But what I can tell you about SR twenty six is that it is a two lane highway, and there is no detour. It is like one lane going each way. It is, yeah, one lane going each way. Okay. Um, so, and, and unless you're willing to make like the two and a half hour detour on the I ninety, which I I suggest, I would imagine there's some back roads that go from because there's no be, on I ninety between Moses Lake and Spokane. There's nothing, but I think there's some exits. Yeah, but I'm take. pretty sure no. But I mean, from so like you can hit it from Moses Lake down, but the tra- the I would imagine. If people are complaining about it, that the just get far enough construction in Washington and just cut through whatever and just drive through fields, yeah, just we're we're going off road. Borrow um, a jeep from your buddy, and yeah. <laughs> borrow a tank and just start yeah. like uh, harvesting right like, through the the corn. But fields. no, I would imagine because it's it's a it's a two lane highway and there's really just like you know it's not like you can just like close off a lane like you got to close down the entire highway to, to do construction on that. Oh my gosh. How, what's yeah. the closest you've gone to getting uh, run over by a Mack truck when you pass somebody? Um, I'm a, I'm a very safe driver, so I have not gotten close. You don't, However, you don't try and boogie your way down. <laughs> oh no, no, I do. I do for sure. But I'm very safe about how I do it. Like, you know, the thing is like people get, people get distracted by the rolling Hills. Like they don't, yeah. it's kind of plays like an uh. optical illusion. That like when you're looking, you think you're going straight, but you're really on an incline and and you start, you try and pass someone and uh, a truck truck just comes right. Yeah. just appears right there. I mean, that's, that's, that's that's legitimately how all those accidents happen. There's so um, many every year, dude. In January, Mm. in January of 2016, I was going to Pullman for UW versus Mm -hmm. Washington state in basketball. It was like right after. 
Oh, wow. break. Okay. So yeah. there was like 12 people there. But uh, yeah. we were like, we were <laughs> I was at that game. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was, I mean, if I remember, it was, it was a close game. close game. It was like, it was a close game. Yes, Malik it was. We had a dunk, which was sweet. But uh, yeah. Uh, so we're like, and it was like a foggy drive over. Like, I can't remember. <laughs> it was something bad with weather, but like, we couldn't really see anything. And we were behind a, a truck on a s- single lane highway for like 45 minutes. And the guy driving, super conservative driver. Mm-hmm. And he was like trying to let you like, guys pass. Kemper, like you've got to pass this guy. And yeah, <laughs> uh, and he was like, "No, dude, it's unsafe." And then we got to the point like we basically voted that we would rather die. So eventually he passed him. But we're like, you know what? Like this is a risk we're all willing to take. So, like, just do it. Yeah. No, I, I've had to like I've had people like try and pass and like i'm not talking about like just passing a truck i'm like talking about like passing like six or seven cars in addition to this truck because like we're all like we're all aware that there is a a slight incline right here and it's Mm -hmm. not worth our lives to try and pass this truck (laughs) but for some reason like the car eight cars behind us just doesn't just doesn't doesn't understand (laughs) that so this guy starts going and literally everyone just starts laying on the horn just like dude you're gonna die like we don't want to have to stop and call the cops or anything like yeah, you're, you're can getting, you please you're delaying our trip yeah right yeah like can you put pl- yeah it's like honestly we don't care about you we care about our timeliness yeah. of getting to Pullman <laughs> and if Spot you crash on. we have to pull over and call the cops oh so gosh. please don't do that <laughs> and so I mean like I've had that happen but I I've never even I've never even risked it a hey, uh, one tip you know before we get into uh, the UW game uh, if you're going to go off-road, be careful because there's a lot of military zones out there and they don't like visitors, so they'll actually yeah. take you take you hostage <laughs> or something. Like I just know that yeah, you don't you don't want you don't want to get involved <laughs> with some of those terrains out there that don't have fields, but uh so the usage of Savon Ackman, now that we're done complaining about Jake Browning, we have news. By the way, <laughs> thank uh, you. I, I should have uh, I should have mentioned this at the beginning. Uh <laughs> fake outrage. I mean, I I don't want to I don't want to get started on Gustin Porter again, but I mean, we we got to stop being this like these holier thou people where you know every everybody's a victim or you know in in Washington, but uh, Savon Ackman another one of those victims. Uh, not really. So he, uh, so so Gaskin had his had his carries vultured against UW in their twenty seven twenty victory this past Saturday. Night. Uh, I mean, he still got what? Like no, 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 no. I, I use that sarcastically. He went from thirty two yeah. to twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah, which yeah. is by the way, that's you know, <laughs> you, you you hope he averages. You hope he doesn't average thirty a game. But like, you would give Gaskin yeah. ten carries and Ahmed twenty carries. You could switch their numbers. The line would be similar as long as they're as long as they're running the ball. You know, mm-hmm. it's mute. But it's mute honestly, it's I players. think like I think like in a perfect world, you have Gaskin at twenty carries and Ahmed at ten carries. Like I think yeah. they, oh, I, they yeah, hit it to good. a T so it's right it's here. Nice. It's nice, yeah. especially when they're actually freaking doing it. When they're uh, running the ball well. Yeah, no, they're running the ball really well. Miles's numbers are misleading because he had he had one carry in particular where he got bottled up and then like literally reversed fields like Devin Hester Madden style and ended up losing like 12 on it or not 12, but you know what I mean? Like eight yards. What was awesome about not only the way that they used uh, Savon is like they were, it was very clear early on that they were going to use him. Like he was a part of their script early and they kept going back to him, which was awesome. And it was really cool to see Kamari Pleasant. Like, I don't know if that will be a consistent thing, but I think it was awesome that they were trying to, like, in a game where they went in, they, they were going up against. He looks yeah, like he, he does for sure. Right he ran the ball really well. But, like, you know, you're going to play Arizona State, who just gave up over 300 yards on the ground to San Diego State. So, like, you know what? 
we're gonna run the ball a ton. You, oh, sorry, sorry, they're playing. Uh, they're playing BYU. Yeah. Oh yeah, right, right. Well, yeah, the, yeah. The previous game when they were mm-hmm. coming off that yeah embarrassing yeah, exactly. performance. So it's like yeah, you know we're right. going to play a team that has struggled to stop the run. And Miles Gaskin is coming off a 30 carry game, so we're going to mix in our younger guys as well. And they did a really good job, I thought, of kind of like keeping Miles involved and making sure that he obviously got his reps because he's the best running back on the team. But then keeping Savon and Kamari Pleasant like active and Sean McGrew, you know, they were all getting reps and it was super awesome. And yeah, I thought Washington was very, I don't know, very intentional with the way that they ran the ball, which was sweet. Here's something that kind of made me kind of upset at the very beginning of the game. When they threw it to Andre Bocelli on the screen, he goes downfield. There's no benefit to doing that. Yeah. That's something that makes sense for Arizona State coming in, trying to create an explosion. But when you're, you know, it, the ball is in your mm-hmm. court and it's your game to lose, starting off with that, you can't, I can't imagine um, Chris Peterson sitting in, in, in meetings all week going, yeah, this yeah. is it. This is this, this is what we're going to go yeah. with first play of the game. Like, is is there any explanation N- no, for that No, I mean, right the now? answer is no. I mean, obviously, when yeah, it comes to things uh, like trick plays, like, th- there are two outcomes to them, right? And it's like, either it's a disaster or it's the greatest thing that ever happened, you know? And, like, Washington hadn't run, while year, run one all year. And there is, like, obviously the element of surprise, but Arizona State was very prepared for it. I can't remember who... I, uh, I can't remember who tweeted it, but it was pretty funny. He's like, they, they might have recognized that play from the 25 times the Huskies ran that to Dante Pettis over the course of his career. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, Washington is the king of recycling yeah. their, oh their trick plays. <laughs> like, it works, like, it works almost every time. And, right? Like, it obviously really does. Andre, like, you don't want him throwing that ball. Like, but at, he's also not a quarterback, so you can't get mad at him for, like, what, wasn't he a previous quarterback? I, I feel like no, he had he some was, type of No, he was like a receiver slot, like kind of running back receiver, if I remember, in high school. Uh, uh, wasn't there a UW receiver that played a little quarterback that was getting thrown into the game plans? Um, well, Or is that is that like a Seahawks? Uh, Marvin like Hall threw more touchdowns than he caught at UW, but I, I don't know. I don't know if that's anything. That's also a great piece of UW trivia. Five years from now, ask someone who caught Jake Browning's first touchdown pass because they're not going to say Marvin Hall, but it was Marvin Hall. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But that's yeah, great. like no, obviously so, no explanation for the tr- like. It looks really bad when it doesn't go right. Uh, so yeah, that that was a tough way to start that game. But on the con on the on the controversy, it looks. Yeah, exactly. Great There's if only it does two work out. And like that's always the thing. Like I was thinking about that, Micah, when you said like like there could be no way that like Coach Coach Pete was sitting in meetings like this is the play. But the thing is, is like it, that's probably exactly what happened. Like uh, like I don't know when he made the decision hurts. that that was gonna be the first play of the game, but I guarantee you it was at least before Thursday. No, and it was you're like right. yep, it was just something that well, this is what we're doing. We, they yeah, had you don't, you don't pull yeah. that tons of time to think league. about it. Yeah. yeah. Like that was the sweet thing about it though that was really encouraging, especially for an offense that hasn't gotten going yet, was after that being your first play from scrimmage, coming back the next play and just like marching and scoring a touchdown. That was sweet. Yeah. That was really encouraging yeah. to see. Yeah. And and Jake Browning just being Mr. Efficiency yeah. with, you know, only 22 attempts, three touchdown passes, like that, you know, that's even, obviously even very JJ promising. JJ Arcega-Whiteside is getting in the way of this happening, but my Aaron Fuller hot take is looking pretty good right now, and I'm happy with it. Yeah, I would say so. Hey, I would say so. Hey, usually when uh you when you're the Pac-12 champions, you usually have a receiver that's uh, worthy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you, I mean, obviously, Miles Gaskin will get something, but there's nothing wrong with getting a first team only running back. <laughs> yeah, and the more the better. The more the better uh, in your offense. Hopefully, mm-hmm. yeah. Hopefully, you know, you have to score more than 21 points a game to make that happen. <laughs> you know, you you have to have those occasional 40 point breakouts. 
uh, which you know they did against North Dakota, but recent you know it, they're doing enough to win right now. Uh, but you know who else was effective? Byron Murphy going up against the Kill yeah. Harry, uh, just twenty receiving yards. Now partly that was Arizona's fault for being such idiots for not even trying to spread it out more and get, get their receivers involved and just make everybody cold as an icicle. But like, what was what was the strategy behind that? Like, okay, for both sides, really. Like, what was UW doing that was different? Were they running more man coverage? Is that what neutralized Nikhil Harry, or was he just being frustrated well, so all what, day? So what Washington did really well. I mean, not not really well, but what they did is they stayed true to what they've been doing all year, and they gave Byron the left side of the field and Jordan Miller the right side of the field. So Nikki, like, no one was following Nikhil Harry. Jordan Miller got his reps against him. And Byron Murphy did. Is that a good thing? Like, do you, do you not want like, do you not want your best corner matching? I just up think they just let them the kind of do their thing. Like that's that's where they're comfortable. That's where they want them, and they they weren't going to change their their defensive like strategy, their defensive scheme, their setup for one player. You know, and I don't really know what it was specific. Like Manny Wilkins, I will say he missed like a couple of times that Nikhil Harry was like open. I remember there was one play in particular that Nikhil Harry was lined up in the slot on the right side of the formation and miles Bryant was guarding him and like Nikhil Harry just like miles went up to press him and Nikhil Harry just like brushed him to the side and <laughs> like, <laughs> which, which, you know, you look at the physicality, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely it's understandable that might happen. Sure, you know, Murphy's not a god. No, it, no, it, was, it was Miles Bryant. It was Miles Bryant, the, which is an even bigger size mismatch. Oh right? gosh, yeah. And so Miles gets kind <laughs> yeah, of it's like, like eight inches. So he just burns Miles off the line, and then if Manny hits him there. And by the way, this was like it wasn't like he had to wait for Nikhil to get open. He was open immediately. Like the only thing between Nikhil Harry and the end zone was JoJo McIntosh, who was like eleven yards away. And Nikhil Harry is not an easy person to tackle. You know, I mean JoJo McIntosh is obviously a great hitter. But yeah. like there were some missed opportunities for sure. But like I, I'm not sure what it was, but like Arizona State totally at least from what I was expecting and it what I, I think the, the Huskies were expecting, like changed up what they do. Like like this was this was a team that was throwing for three hundred forty yards a game about heading into this game and threw for 140 yards and handed the ball off a ton when over the last two games they'd been averaging like two and a half yards per carry. So I think that it, they, I, I, I don't really know how to explain what happened with Nikhil Harry. They just didn't look to him a lot. He was targeted like seven times. It was, yeah, it it just, was weird. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just so psychological in the game plan, like just the fear of playing the Huskies and, and uh, just fear on both sides just based off the upsets in previous years. But, you know, we got to start looking forward. Mm-hmm. And the schedule is looking more brutal by the day. Like there's a lot of teams in the Pac-12, I think like two or three that got into uh, yeah, the top Kyle's 25 um, based on their performances. Yeah, and it's it's nice. It's, it's nice to see that. Eesh. and and it, But it also shows you that, you know, like the final six games, they play like Oregon, Cal, Stanford, Colorado, WSU. I mean, you got BYU this week. I mean, Oregon State is the closest thing to a mm-hmm. cupcake. And believe me, they are a yeah. little bit of a cupcake this year. But if they if they run the table on that, all right, and they don't make – okay, there should be some entitlement amongst Udo fans if they do run the table. There should be some, like, mm-hmm. oh, we should just be happy we're top 10 this year. There should be some, hey, look how close we played against yeah. Auburn and look at all these teams we beat. I don't want to yeah, hear it anymore. I think, well, I mean, I, th- what do you I think, think about that? to be honest – I think it would be ridiculous. Like it's obviously looking far ahead, but I just can't imagine a situation where 
a 12 and one Pac-12 champion with a loss on the road, basically to Auburn doesn't get in. It just doesn't make sense. You know, like they're, they will have a lot of quality wins yeah. under their belt. Obviously that's a lot ahead, but like the big 10 has not looked good except for Ohio state. And the, the ACC hasn't looked particularly good either, you know? So like, but you know, you fit, you, you, you figure you're going to have Clemson. You're going to have Alabama and you're going to uh, have probably, no, have, you'd, you'd right now you're, you're probably gonna have Oklahoma, uh, um, <laughs> Oklahoma, which I was going to say, Oklahoma typically almost went down to, to army. Almost, almost went down to army. I'm no, I was going to say, I was going to say typically army how it so goes. So I feel like Oklahoma is, is, I feel like Ohio state looks, I mean, Oklahoma, they, they, they've played some not great football to start this year off. Correct. <laughs> Well, you're you are right about that, but I I don't know. I think the committee is going to look down upon Ohio State. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't. I think regardless of how they play, and like they they would have to put together uh yeah an undeniable, sure. undisputed uh season to be able to um, to get in, and, and like the rest of their season, like does their schedule like they have a lot of games left where it's like we'll you know we'll see if definitely. if they can if Washington's they're for like, real. I'm just. As a fan, I'm just so hopeful that it like comes down to Washington and Wisconsin because it's like, let's go, baby. That's an easy. That's yeah. a no doubt about her. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just like it's really easy five or four weeks in to look and be like, man, it's going to be hard to jump all these teams. But like, no one runs the table in college football. It just doesn't happen. Like Bama maybe does. Yeah. But there, you just don't see when. Like when was. How often do you see an undefeated champion? Like once every five years, once every three years, something like that. Like it's, it's, it's so unlikely. Yeah. Or do whenever, whenever, ba- whenever yeah, Alabama exactly. and does. And even it, when they are know, undefeated, they win the championship. <laughs> I guess. But it's, it's just so. Yeah. yeah. The schedule looks good. Or the schedule looks tough. Like it's respectable enough to play nine conference games. There will be some good wins under their belt. But obviously, they have a lot of business to take care of. Uh, and it's it's far from a cakewalk sure. from this point forward. I want to get into some you have, uh some little special little storylines going forward uh, before we get into some of the cool prep games going on around the state. Uh, BYU has an old man at quarterback. He's 25 years old, Tanner Mangum. Uh, he went on his uh, what, what's it called? No, it's Spirit a mission. Quest? What's that mission. called again? Mission, yeah, it's mission. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mission. I, I, yeah, I knew it was Spirit <laughs> Disneyland ride, bro. Uh, that's great. I don't yeah, know. If that, yeah, I, don't, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if that's offensive or ignorant. It's. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it in. So, I'm surprised more people don't do stuff like that, though. Like, you know, if you're a 195 pound linebacker, hey. but you're a three star guy, maybe What's take the name a year of the, off and the inside you know, linebacker. At, that. Get a little bigger. Oh, when stronger. you don't, you don't What's lose the eligibility. Linebacker at Utah. You don't. Is you it don't, Chad Hanson or? Oh yeah, he's been around. Uh, for a he graduated while, high yeah. school in 2012. Yeah, it was he's, something like he, that. Yeah, a, no, I yeah, mean, seriously, right? it's, it's surprising because <laughs> he's in his fifth year right and now. That happens on Utah, and that really, 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 really happens at BYU. You know, like, the median <laughs> yeah. age on that team is like 22. That's just like facts. I yeah, I remember. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's their red sh- like that's like their red shirt before yeah. they red shirt. Like they go on their mission, and, and it's like fact while they're on their mission teams, is. Like well, and the thing is, I remember there's a story that came out. They had saw this film, not playing football. He was playing basketball, but he was like, oh, like six eight, pounder. like four hundred pound kid. And they they offered him a scholarship 
without never seeing him play football just off a video of him playing basketball. But it's like, yeah, you can send him on his mission for two full years while he is training, getting prepared. And then you can see what, like, see where he's at. Like, that's a huge advantage. Are you allowed to lift weights when you're on your mission? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, you are. Is it? Can they can they do that? I mean, you have I you have to do your your work, but like I I would reckon there is a difference between an athlete's mission and just your average Joe's mission. Yeah, there's no average Joe's on mission. They're they're all they're they're all doing uh like what's more most important in their life, more even more important than football. Uh, another yeah. uh, cool thing that happened in the ASU game was Nick Harris had a career highlight. Did <laughs> yes. you guys see that? I think the whole world oh saw gosh. that. Yes, that was hilarious. That was awesome. Dude, it got 100,000 retweets on Twitter. I mean, I thought it was cool, and I laugh every single time I see that. But, uh, I mean, you got a few. I mean, here's the thing. It wasn't the finger point that was hilarious. It was the little two-step he did before the finger point that was just, yeah. like, yeah. ungodly. <laughs> like, when he was, like, drawn back, and then he planted his feet and then did the, the pointy thing. Yeah, no, yeah. it's hilarious. I, th- I thought it was all pretty. Did you guys pretty notice hilarious. it live? Did you guys notice it live? Like, Scott Eklund did. That I didn't. Yeah, I, so I didn't see I it live. Did, but Scott was like, <laughs> like, wow, did he see what Nick just did? And then, yeah, and then it obviously exploded. I mean, you'd have to not have Twitter to not see that. <laughs> it was yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, or, or or go to Barstool or something like that. Yeah, it, it, like I said, it's it's it literally is a career highlight. I mean, yeah, especially I mean, like. Literally you don't have a highlight reel as a center. That's just, that's just the fact of, like that's just the reality of playing. I mean, the you can, but it's 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 see, it's even hard in left tackle because like at least at tackle you can pancake. And, like, you can come out and pull and have, crush someone. You have game. You have film. <laughs> yeah, you have film when you're an offensive line. You don't have highlights. Yeah, exactly. Film. So, but I mean, this you, you know, you, you sprinkle in a little defensive place. You got a nice little highlight tape going. Yeah. Well, th- this is the, in terms of what like, people like. Guys. No one's gonna be like. No one's gonna Google like best snaps of all time you know we're like like <laughs> yeah for, like a great <laughs> yeah. job sealing the edge dude he has a 99.9 percent you know? accuracy like, right now th- this is like this is going to be like the, the in terms of an individual you can't even call it a play because it was a dead ball but like in terms of like individual video of him like clip this will probably be like most famous of his washington career you know for sure <laughs> yeah so so this Wednesday, UW returns to school. Like, Luke, you're on that, right? You got classes yeah, Wednesday, Yeah, 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 right? for sure. Yeah, so that's starting up right now. Now, my question for you, Luke, and Jackson can answer this as well. Do you think a recruit ever factors practice time into their decision on what college to go to? For example, you know, 3 p.m. start time at this university or 7 a.m. practice? I, I, everybody has to wake up early, but some not, people don't want to practice not the at kids 7 a.m. Like, that like schools want, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. like, And that's the thing. Like, that's not – like, you know, when you go, you're there for the weekend – and like, do you honestly think like during the weekend, like they're like one of the things that like they're urgent questions. Like, so when are you guys practicing? At? I like, would, what time? I would, like, man, I, I, I bet that you that would, those kids, be <laughs> I bet you those kids are so excited to like, just get to practice, like practice for a call. Like at that point in the, at that point in time, like at what time they're practicing at is just so not a concern. Uh, you guys still plan on redshirting your eighth graders, right? What was that? Is that I'm something? Reg- well, it's kind of like a fu- I don't even know. I, I I'm trying to think about like, why why did I think about this question? What, what, oh yeah, it was the BYU thing, right? The 25 mm-hmm. year old quarterback on a mission trip. Uh, I want I was gonna follow up asking you guys. You guys are still planning on redshirting your eighth grader, right? 
Does that make sense? Like before they go into high school, oh, you, they repeat the eighth grade. Yeah, I see. Oh, so, so they, they repeat the. Oh, okay. Uh, I get the joke. I it's didn't a, laugh at the joke, joke, but it's not, it's not even supposed <laughs> to be an a analogy. Joke, that's what's happening across the country. There's like like it, the the median age for a senior is like 19 these days. Like yeah. every everybody's like wait like dude, that JT Daniels guy. He's like oh we should be in high school. He's, like no he's like the no, he, he should no, graduate two no, years he's, ago. No he's no he's 18. No, I know. He, sh- he should be in high school. Yeah, no, he's one. No, no he's no, actually he's one like of the few. His, his birthday's in like the spring, and he's eighteen. His birthday, yeah, his birthday's in the winter. He's he he be old for yeah. he'd be like the right age for. Yeah, he should like I said, he should be. A he should be. Right in, yeah, he, he was no, redshirted, guys. JT Janels is redshirted. There's no other I explanation. Mean, did, no, I don't. I don't. He either so, redshirted in kindergarten or he redshirted because he should be the class of 2017 or class of 28, class of 2018. Yeah. Yeah, and he no, he sped up his his schooling. Yeah, well, no, he skipped his senior year. My point is that he should have been a senior last year, anyways. No, a good no. Oh. I don't think he, I, I, no. We looked this up because Scott said that on KJR Scott Eckland, and then someone called in and like corrected him, which is kind of annoying. But then, like he's he turns nineteen in in th- like this coming spring, so he's like he's a normal. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's true. Why would why would they do that? Why would they hold him back? And then his senior year make him take like a ridiculous amount of credits so he could leave early. Um, that makes it, no like, sense. It does happen though. Like I know, like yeah, oh yeah, tons of no, for sure it happens. Are, like it, it's a it's a quarterback thing specifically. I feel like I know like Jake is uh, really old. N- for well, grade Jake, he'll turn twenty three. Birthday, yeah. He'll turn twenty three in April, I think. So I mean, not like absurdly yeah. old. He's not like if, a full year. If ahead, we're not, but he's definitely ahead. If we're not talking football per se, uh, I know David Crisp. He he stayed back a year. Um, you know who Trayvon Aries? Shoot, who uh, is? Uh, Alonzo Trier? He, he was an Issaquah. Oh, Issaquah. Yeah, he, he, yeah. Was yeah. yeah he, he was an old. He was yeah, yeah, like yeah. Older than like I think he had an extra year of school. Uh, like it happens, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I, it's like, you know, if you, if you want to do, if like, if you're that committed to it, like, yeah, go for it. But like thinking, like for me, thinking about like staying in high school a full another year, like hell no, well, I'm not, talking I'm not about, doing like, I'm talking about screw your, that. Talking about your eighth, your kid, Jackson, not you right now. I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's their decision. Like, eh, I, you can, you can I, definitely I, raise them in a certain way to want to do that. That's that's terrible, but <laughs> I mean, you know, if that's yeah, if you know, if if you want to do that, that's that. Like you're just you're just brewing up uh, a Marinovich. That is basically all you're doing. Um, Chris Peterson was uh, very nonchalant at his press conference about evening kickoffs. Uh, that was such a like a hot button last year. Yeah, I think he's but now trying he's to just like. More. I think he's trying to bury that. I think he 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 realized he entertained it more than he should have, and he's like, you know what? Now I've just got to nip yeah. this like right here, because like it doesn't matter. It's the, like, so, the fact of the matter is it's not important. And dude, maybe this time he'll spark some change. Maybe he'll change some minds. Well, this the, time. the thing is, they he, can't change minds. Like, there's a contract in place. There's like a, a TV contract in place that will not that is non-negotiable at this point. It's already signed. So. Like he can come like yeah. all all he'll do is well, like all like complaining will do is just make him look like a complainer, I guess, or just make a story out of something that they can't control and isn't important. Before we get out of here, guys, 
I'll give you some news and updates on high school football. So Eastside Catholic hadn't played an in-state game till this past week. Uh, they were in Portland, they were in California, they were in Idaho, but they crushed Rainier Beach uh, like 42-14. to 14. It was like 28 not- nothing in the first half. Then Union, another really good team, they uh, went to San Francisco and they and they beat a, a private school down there. And then they recently beat Chihuahua of the Tri-Cities. So a lot of these kind of mainstream schools are traveling around the country, uh, getting different looks and giving them the chance to you know rise in the national rankings. But by far the biggest matchup of the weekend was Graham Kapowson versus Puyallup. Uh, Dylan Morris fell behind 27-7 in the second quarter and came back to tie it 34-34 before losing in overtime so uh, there's kind of your update on what's going on in uh, high school football well i have i have one more update to make about high school Mm. football which is my inglemore vikings are three and one right now unprecedented territory for the vikings and if if anyone is familiar in my high school career i won six games as a viking one only and only one only one conference win in th- in the span of four seasons, so the conference won over Redmond. Uh, Redmond in 2013. <laughs> yeah. So right. unprecedented waters here. Shout out what? to my Vikings. This Dude. is and and their one loss coming to Juanita by just a touchdown. No, I see. So and they've yeah. um, this week, so they're going to be four and one. If, if we're giving our our home teams shout outs here, <laughs> who would like to guess what the ninth we ranked team? In three A is right now. In three A, Washington in, in State football. Three A. The ninth rank. I would guess three and zero. Four and zero Mercer Islanders. Four uh, four and zero Mercer. How did they I don't get know. people like, to Ireland like that? It's expensive to so transfer. Actually, some some the, people that I was neighbors with growing up, the Fitzwilsons. So their dad played, like, he played college basketball with Steve Nash. Like at Santa Clara for like they overlapped for a year and he oh, played wow. like three minutes a game. So like it wasn't like mm-hmm. he like Steve Nash was lobbing oops to him, but you yeah. know, uh, but he is <laughs> six eight, so he has a pair of sons that are enormous, and one of them is doing work <laughs> right now on I think both sides of the line, which is cool. Yeah, um, but I don't know much else about the team, but like, every this every, is also like yeah. unheard of. For Mercer Island football, this is not exactly. Yes. A well, I would say not necessarily. Yeah, maybe not, not to the degree that Inglemore is, but yeah. this is not like a football program. Mercer, MI, MI will will have a team that'll sneak up on you every now and again. Yeah, like, okay, sneak you know, up. This is money. this is not this is not yeah <laughs> this is not Inglemore. Like I think the most since like two thousand two, the most wins Inglemore has had in a season is like four wins. Okay, like four so or five. This wins. is like the. Do you remember the the Oregon? state team that was like eighth in the country in 2012 is it yes. kind of that kind of like what <laughs> i remember i remember very much yes that team was interesting oh because the huskies beat him in century link and people rushed the field and it's kind of like really like i know they're eighth in the country but really <laughs> you know? yeah oh, yeah no. <laughs> yes i i was okay in fact i was Same. actually at that Same. game <laughs> and on the field <laughs> I, took <a> <laughs> <of Williams>. <laughs> <laughs> I took every advantage of rushing oh, on the field because sure. i'd never done it before and yeah. i was like today yeah, i probably yeah. would be a, not pr- i'm hopping on that field now like in the moment that was sweet yeah oh for sure definitely all right, well, I think that just about does it for this week in Washington football. Any questions about the show, send us an email, micachen at yahoo.com. Your next edition of Washington Football Crunch will be next Tuesday 
October 2nd. For myself, Luke and Jackson, we're signing off.